0: Welcome to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. This is a great episode, one that I've been looking forward to for a long time. This week, we sit down with one of the greatest of all time, Travis Clark from Clark Crew Barbecue. This guy has won literally everything in barbecue and in a very short time frame. If you want a master class and the mindset needed to be a championship pitmaster, you won't want to miss this episode. Please join me in welcoming Travis Clark. The Barbecue League is the ultimate barbecue experience. Here's why: one small annual investment from you instantly unlocks all 70 plus tell-all recipes, enthusiast recipes, restaurant tours, and more in their unmatched library. This isn't your typical YouTube type content. World champions like Gettin Basted, Shake and Bake Barbecue, Heavy Smoke Barbecue, La Pasadita Barbecue, and 913 Barbecue share their full tell-all recipes. No secret is left unsaid and a new video release is guaranteed every single week of your membership. You'll also see unfiltered looks from all levels of pitmasters during their live competition coverage, and those same pitmasters are accessible through the league's upbeat online community. As soon as you sign up, you'll also have a full arsenal of some of the best discounts in barbecue from brands like Snake River Farms, Blues Hog, Big Papa Smokers, Gunter Wilhelm, Gateway Drum Smokers, and more. The Barbecue League puts on members-only contests throughout the year, hosts live and virtual events, and offers full-access League Lounge at participating events. Listeners to this podcast can receive $10 off of the $100 annual membership this month only by using the code JULYPITMASTER, all in caps, on thebarbecueleague.com. I advise you to do this. It's been a great help to me and a lot of people out there. There is no better $100 spent on barbecue right now than the Barbecue League, so July Pitmaster on the Barbecue The long anticipated arrival of Travis Clark from Clark Creek Barbecue on the Pitmaster Podcast. How you doing, bud?
1: Doing well. How are you?
0: Hanging in there, man. Hanging in there. Good to see you back out there competing. I know you've been super busy with the restaurant and everything.
1: I did uh, four, I think, maybe five. Do the Royal and the Jack. Probably my hometown, of Dodge City. That's about it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 got to be tough balancing all those things and still trying to get out there and compete.
1: Yeah, priorities have to.
0: <laughs> one of the things that I went back and uh, I reviewed my notes from taking your class, and uh, one of the most <laughs> impressive things is that you said "fuck" a hundred and nineteen times in that class. <laughs> <We> did. <laughs> And I don't know why I decided to keep little tick marks, but I did
1: <laughs> yeah, people do that. They think it's fun. It's a, that's coming from the oil field. You cuss like a sailor.
0: <laughs> well, that's a good place to start, man. How do you think that your past career and life experiences have prepared you to be a barbecue pit master?
1: You know, where I noticed it really helped was my attention to detail. I'm a master electrician, so if something wrong there, you could die. This is just barbecue, you know, right. the detail was there. The other thing I worked in some pretty high dollar places, gas plants and packing houses when they're down, it's costing me thousands and thousands of dollars a minute. Everyone's just yelling, screaming to get something back up and going. And I always thrived on that. That was when I shined the most. I liked the stress. And in competition barbecue, when, when people get stressed, that's when they fail. Most people just lose it. And for me, Typically, I always did really well. And it's just, I, I think that, you know, environment helped me. Barbecue was what relaxed me when it stresses so many other people out.
0: That's a good good point. Because, you know, one of the things that I, I took away from your class and that I've taken away from just watching you cook is that you, you love using all the time that's allotted to you. And I think that you're one of the best finishers in the game.
1: I tried to be. That's cost me. You know, that's cost me before. You know, uh, I, I truly believe it cost me another world championship of the Jack. You know, I didn't like the way chicken looked. Goes to pull it out and redo the whole box. And, you know, we were three seconds late turning it in. And all I needed was like a 160 chicken to win that year. I had three. Yeah. You know, it, I cost myself. A sure. but, uh, so there's times that attention for detail can can hurt you. You know, and I truly believe
0: it's funny, that actually came up on our last podcast. Corey, Mike's brought it up as 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 that year at the Jack where you missed chicken turning, but still had three high calls. He brought it up as one of the biggest bouts of perseverance that he's ever seen in barbecue.
1: Yeah, I, I literally, when I did that, everyone's like, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to win the next fucking three. And, you know, I had three high calls. Told me a lot about myself. Most people would fold. You no, know, and I just, uh, I can't. And that's not my style. So I have my little fit thrown in and went ahead and knocked out the green
0: <laughs> Yeah, he he brought that up. And I was like, man, that's awesome. Because I'm actually ta- talking to Travis next that you brought that up. So what do you think your biggest turning point in your life as a pit master was?
1: I would say. I, I, I don't know, I would like to say when I won my first GC, but I think I would say it was my first Royal. I won my fourth contest and I was pretty proud of that, which got me into the Royal. That was the 10th contest I ever cooked. You know, I got a chicken call and then uh, I didn't get any other calls until brisket. And I took a 180 perfect score brisket, you know, for your 10th contest, that was solid. And then I ended up reserving it. You know, I think that's when it really, really my career got started. You know, that was that was twenty thirteen. But so twenty fourteen I wanted to do a little more. You know, and everybody then Who the hell is Clark Crew Barbecue? You know, the guy that just came out and it. And we won like uh we won Grand and Reserve like our first contest. We were just killing it. We wound up seventh in the nation here on nineteen contests. That's back when True Bud, Donnie Brand, they were just couple, tons and tons of contests. I was sitting there looking at it, going, man. Three more wins, than I could have freaking the team of the year. You know, it was just half <laughs> as much, and I felt like I was just as good, and I was right there. And that's that season, that season just really got me going and made me push after.
0: Yeah. And then next year is when you really started cooking, you know, 30, 40 a year. Yeah.
1: And I cooked 40, then 30 some, then 40 some again. I mean, went after it hard, you know, but I, I think. I think if it wasn't for that Royal really setting that bug, I didn't truly realize how big a deal that was walking out of the Royal with a couple of big wooden trophies. You know, I, I mean, it just, you didn't win in the seconds. So, I mean, I didn't care. I wanted, to, I wanted to win. I was sitting there trying to figure out how the hell I didn't win. Uh-huh. Like, how is that possible? You know, and it just, I'm thinking, you know, I didn't even know who the hell Darren Worth was. You know? <laughs> that's <laughs> where I met him. That's yeah. What, that's what. Catapult to me was all the people thinking, man, do you know what you just did? And I'm thinking, the oh, second. Looking back at it now, it was probably pretty special. Probably a big turning point for me.
0: Yeah, I think that'd be a pretty big turning point for anybody and definitely laid the platform for all your future success. I mean, you're one of the greatest of all time.
1: I think we've had a hell of a career for no longer. we competed. We really only competed six true years of full competing. You know, I mean, we did a hell of a lot then we took all of last year off of cup five this year this is our eighth meeting but we just we do we'll end up doing eight seven or eight you know, we yeah that. you no know, that's probably what it'll be to figure out you know I, I don't know if we'll ever get in the end of the season again i don't
0: know well like we were talking earlier life gets in the way and priorities change and yep. that happens to everybody so you' getting younger yeah, that's true <laughs> So do you have habits or any rituals or superstitions or things that you've established for yourself during competitions?
1: I, I kind of have one. I uh, went through a year where I kind of struggled in brisket and went back to what I used to do in brisket, With was accidentally I threw a piece of cherry on. When I won that Royal American Royal brisket, I was like, oh, my God. So I, now I've always done that. Just throw a cherry on. <laughs> a,
0: So you don't have any like special clothes you got to wear or any shit like that?
1: I don't know, I got certain socks I like to wear, it's just because they're comfy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know, I got certain songs I always play. You know, uh, I kind of had my closing music whenever uh, whenever I'd start with uh, w- with turn-ins, I'd play a song. I- I'd start my playlist and I knew by the song when I started that what I should be doing and I never had to look at the clock. And I just, you know, I've done it 40 times a year, you know, 50 almost, I just knew exactly what it was. You know, when Kid Rock Cocky came first I brisket, no matter what I was You know, so it was uh, probably that. I mean the stick of cherry went on, but my biggest, I don't know, I mean, ritually, that is probably just my schedule. You know, I mean, I'm so methodical about what I do all the time. I never change.
0: That's what I took away from your class. Another big thing I took away was how you did everything every week the same.
1: I, I feel like you can't. Go out every week and expect to win if you don't do the same damn thing that wins for you the week before. I mean, if you change something, how do you expect to win? I pull into a contest, and I don't expect to beat you or beat anybody else, but I pull in expecting myself to win. Right. I'm in that mind frame when I leave the house. When I leave the house, I expect to win. If I didn't expect to win or a damn good shot of winning, I'm not going. I mean, I'm just – you know, that's I – mean, if I've lost that edge, why keep doing it?
0: Right, and I think I think that confidence is a big, when you see cooks that are struggling, especially newer cooks and stuff, and just a total lack of confidence, and some, some cooks never get it. Is there any advice you give to people to improve that?
1: You know, I mean, I think you have to believe in yourself. I, I can remember my very first contest I ever did. I, I knew who Butcher Barbecue was by their injection. I, you know, I, that was the only reason I knew it. My very first contest, he pulled in and it's Big rig, fancy truck and a red trailer, you know, all looking. And I remember standing there talking to everyone. I was just so happy to be there talking to everyone. And they're like, oh my God, butcher chair was screwed. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I thought, who the hell is that? And they're like, oh, it's parking. I'm like, oh, hell, I, I use this injection. So, I mean, at the time I was using it. And and I remember going in the trailer, telling my ex-wife, Kim, I said, "Like, you, watch? I said, one of these days, I said, then people say that same shit about me. When I, pull. I mean, <laughs> first time I ever did. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, no, for real, they will. And that, and that next day, you know, I, I got my first 180 pin in my first contest ever cook. You know, man, I mean, what's crazy is, like, first contest I did was the first time I ever cooked on that pit, first time I'd ever cooked a brick, first time I'd ever cooked ribs, first time I'd ever cooked a pork. <laughs> I'd done chicken, but on a liver grill, you know, I'd come out of there, you know, with, a, like, a second place ribs and a first place, and a first place with a 180. It was, you know, it was like, holy cow. <laughs> you know what i mean i just i've always had that mentality you know, whether i was trap shooting or anything i just uh, i knew i was going to be the best
0: trap shooting i didn't know you did trap shooting yeah, i used to do it a
1: lot you know? so i went deaf in my left ear i went to work for one of them took a hearing test and i'm like good lord did you see a hearing specialist <laughs> they uh went in and did it and the guy looked at my deals did a test and looked at me says shoot a lot of guns i said hell yeah i do i said a couple hundred rounds every sunday night and he said yeah you're dead." <laughs> <laughs> kind of into that I always wore earplugs but I should have earplugs in and earmuffs my my left ear my hearing is not amazing <laughs>
0: hell yeah 100 rounds every Sunday
1: <laughs> I was proud of him. oh yes I do then he's like oh you're dead like, damn it
0: <laughs> let's switch gears here a little bit and talk about gear and stuff what's one of the best investments that you ever made in competition barbecue
1: the best investment I've ever made is class I mean, if you're going to spend X amount of dollars on something, that's what I do. I, I'm not kidding you. When I, when I say I took a class, I took a Rod Glaze class. I didn't even have I, – I left his class trying to find a jambo, which I come to find out were tough to find, and I ended up building a pit that was pretty damn close to one. But, I mean, I went to that class literally standing out of the pit reading his, his notes trying to figure out how to do this contest. And I come out of that thing with a couple calls and a eight. You know, it was just uh, to me, I mean, I look at that as as far as equipment, I would say a camber is important. I would say a good spatula is important. I would say a good spray bottle is important. Things like that, you don't think is a big deal. And just not having a malfunction and knowing something works and it's like a pump up spray bottle. The orange ones that I use, Yeah, you know, the doors open and I can spray and close in a matter of seconds versus opening it and having to sit there and pump it. Imagine that 10 times doing that. How much time that door was closed that didn't slow my cooking process down? It's as little things people think, oh, that's a $30 free bar or $20 free bar. I a they'd pay $100 for it if that's what it was. I, I truly would. It just uh, those, all those things matter. I, I truly think they do. I think a good temp gauge on your pit, not not using the one that just comes on some generic I get a good through put in there and calibrate that sucker having multiple of those in your trailer wise investment I've had one go bad but you know, that I had calibrated and I looked at it and I could feel my and like that ain't right unscrew that thing screw another one and be like oh yeah there we go well that's a big deal you know I think things like that are just investment that you're going to truly get into it you gotta have it. you gotta have
0: it. I would agree especially on the tell truth thermometer it's always good to have a backup
1: you know I I run a spit jack injector And everyone says they're. I run that because I was an electrician for 20 years. My hands hurt. You know, trying to pull out, pull your hand way out with them plastic ones like that just killed my hands. So I run that little pistol grip one just because it it just feels better for my hands. My hands don't hurt all day. You know, I mean, there's reasons for it. I used to, when I would help Rod run the pit of his classes, I'd stand in the back and I said, and I'd ask questions. I said, Rod, is it true that a spit jack will give you about five extra points per contest? He's like, no, that is not true. And there people be coming up to me. They're going, does it really help you? I was like, uh, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. I had Rod on here, and that was one of my favorite interviews of all time. That guy's amazing.
1: I trip, man. I love that guy. He's my favorite guy, Mark.
0: Would you say he's the one that's impacted your life the most in barbecue? Oh,
1: hands down, hands down. I, you know, I took his, I took his class. Like I said, I didn't even have a pit. You know, I went and took it. I mean, I, I took notes. I asked questions. I, I After the class, I had more questions. I asked him. He answered them. Then as I got to cooking, you know, I talked to him once in a while. We kind of become friends. And I started, like I said, I started doing good fast. I and mean, Rod asked me, do you want to come run the pit in my class? I was like, yes. You know, so, I started running his pit. I probably ran that pit in his class probably at least 10-12 classes. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. You know, and every time I did, I learned something. You know, and at the time, people were out there like, oh my God, I can't believe you're running the pit of this class because shit, I was, I was frigging team of the year. I'm running team of the year. And I mean, I would still stand back there and learn something, you know, that you watch that school putting paper towels up there and having a knife laid out and all that. And, you know, and well, he needs that here in 45 seconds, you know. You know, he was just real methodical how he did it. And you can tell, you know, it's hard to teach. You can sure watch it and learn it. You didn't need to write anything down. Once I right. first class, if you can just stand back there and watch someone like that, it was like, dude, you took my class. I'll promise you, a lot of the things I do aren't what's on paper. It's the things you see me do, that you go, oh, shit. Okay, wow. That's what wins. You know, I can stand in them classes when I teach you. You look at people, and when I say, okay, here's my soft. And when you start talking about that, all the notebooks fly open and all the pens and everyone's attention there, and it's like, you've already missed the 10 things that are going to make you right. Many of them have missed those things. And, and I've taught so many damn guys, you know, team of the year winners. It doesn't matter. World champions I've had them through there. And, and I've taught a class that they watch and you can look at them and go, yep, they get it. You can see it. And especially an experienced coach that's really good. You, I mean, other people. you can see them, you know, they're not the beginners. You can see them like, Oh shit. No, they're, they're the ones coming. I never thought of that. You know? And it's like, now yeah, there you go you got it. right there was your money's worth right there that's yep. you know i have one of those from rock and i just always looked up to the guy i've got a lot of a lot of people you could say as mentors you know i mean I've, I've talked to darren i mean i've talked to sterling about ten thousand times you know it's you know same thing that goes both ways you know good teams help each other i don't think any good team is going to give you what they do you know without without you putting forth that effort. You know, if you're the worst freaking chicken cook in the world and you're out there every week trying, you know damn well every one of us is I say, dude, what do you what do you need help on? Here, here's this. Right. I'm not just gonna give some new Hey, he message me, hey, share sure your recipes with me? No, well, I don't. You know, I mean no. <laughs> <laughs> I've gave my recipe to people that have just you can see trying and struggling. You know, I mean you just, be always a joke if I saw somebody just finish next to last on the jambo, I was calling him. I'm like, all right, let's figure this
0: out. Yeah. That's, that's so funny. I had an experience like that this week with a guy that I've gotten to be friends with and he sent me box pictures and I was like, we need to talk.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I all the
1: time And he's like, what do you think? And I'll be like, those are shit. He's like, yeah. like dude, those are trash. I'm like, look, here, here's mine i show them something, they're like, oh, my God, wow. And I was like – and I look at the ones on the people posting. You don't see a lot of good teams posting their shape. You know, and you – you know, I still get a bunch – I get four or five a week people sending me for a contest too. And I think, damn, that wins? Wow. You know, it's I mean, it just blows my mind that I just think, you know, it's like it's slipping. You know, that stuff is slipping. But, you know, I don't know. It, I don't know. I think they must be cooking good food, or they wouldn't win. But if you look at the appearance of a lot of that and it's think, Man.
0: right? And appearance points for me—they're free. Yeah. You know, that's. I. It may taste like shit, but it's going to look beautiful when it goes
1: in. <laughs> oh, <it's pretty laughs> just when I lost my first world championship every point matters, you know and I mean every half a point matters. Just. As well.
0: Yep. So when you're having an issue, when you're having a meat issue, who do you call?
1: Yeah, you know, it always used to be my buddy Wade Reader. You know, Wade ran the pit at my class. You know, what 20, 25 times? I don't know yep. how many classes we've taught. Twenty probably. Wade ran the pit at almost all them. Rod ran it at my first one. Um, Wade ran it at pretty much all the other ones. I, me and Wade used to when I when I worked for One still, i I talked to him every single morning on my way to work. You know, and then half the nights I'm waiting for it. I'd talk to barbecue all the time. Wade's just a good down dirt guy that's very knowledgeable, hell of a cooking himself. He was probably my go-to that I'd always talk to. Him.
0: He's a good dude.
1: He what I did, which is what helped, you know, so much. I used to talk to Troy, uh, Burkhart quite a bit. You know, he took my class and cooked with me several times and you know, he went and cooked with me back in twenty fifteen after he took my class. Shit, I slid him pan a pan of pork and said, You know what I do. Here you go. Um, I I was struggling in brisket one other time. And I let him go cook with me out in Colorado, Denver, one of the first cooks of the year, he helping me season everything. You know, like I said, I, I'm rolling. The He's doing brisket. He's like, you still season the same. I was like, oh, I haven't been seasoned in the back of my brisket. He's like, what? Why? He's like, shit, I don't know. I just took it off, you know, when I wrap it and everything. I just, you know, I haven't been. He's like, shit, man. He goes, I, my brisket got better when I did that, you know, and I and I sit there and I was like, really? I sat there and I thought about that the whole night. And that brisket was sitting there and it wasn't seasoned. I got that thing out, flipped it over, and I reseasoned the bottom of that brisket. We won the contest the next day. My brisket scores back. Change my you. Yeah. Flavor of my au jus. You know, I'm laying there at three o'clock in the morning thinking about that. What am I missing? You know, how can I be the best damn cook in the world out there at the time? And I'm thinking, I'm missing something so simple as that. And I just caught someone saying it. And that next day, he tried my brisket. He's like, Oh, my brisket's freaking badass. I said, Yeah, I reseasoned it last night. He's like, What? I didn't do it right? I was like, No. I flipped it over and I re-seasoned it back. And he's like, Oh, you fucked it. You know, he's giving me shit. <laughs> he's like, Two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I got to do it. I got to do it. That's what it is. I got up, gently flipped that sucker over. And he's in the back of it. And then he hammered down and won that contest.
0: <laughs> man, that's a great. It's the little details, man.
1: I'm you, if, there's, if you were doing something and it always worked, and, and it's not working now, chances are you've changed something. I, I'll, I'll sit down, and, and that used to be good for me. I'd sit by my fireplace, that thing would be running. I'd be sitting there and I'd be thinking step by step. I could close my eyes, you know, down to the damn cup where I had it out, the strainer I had out, the injector I had out, the seasonings I had out. What order did I put them in? Did I changed the order. You know, I can just close my eyes and I think about everything. Four times a night, I could think of what I, what I was doing. I was like, oh my God. I didn't grind sweet money this week. I, I shook it straight out of the damn shake. I always ground it before. You know, uh, pecan ropes, simply, simply Marvel Pecan. I always ground it. I'd be like, oh my God, I didn't grind it this week. Oh my God. You know, and you'd, you'd be sitting there thinking about it, you know, and those little things like that, you know, where did you miss a step? You know, what what did you miss? You know, and I mean it was more times than not, you could you could think about it. Rod was really good. I could call Rod and talk to him if I was struggling in something. And he was the one talking. To he's like, he's like, he's like, you changed something.
0: <laughs> so you're, I've, I've watched you cook. I've watched, uh, I've heard you teach. You are definitely a gut feeling cook. You're not a process guy. You're a, you're a wrap on color, pull on feel guy.
1: How do you, re-
0: <laughs> how do you relate to those gut feelings when you're cooking?
1: I, I roll with it. more times than not. If I you know, pull with it. If I reach in there and feel it, I'm like, man, I, I you know, if the temp ain't there, it's like, man, it's just time. What time's not? I'm right. Man, I don't know. I've always done that, but I do it. Everything I do in life. I mean, I, I we joke around, like my kids would joke around about NCIS and you know, gives his gut ain't never wrong. I mean, we joke about it all the time. What time's not my gut.
0: Right. Is there a time that a specific time that you can think where your gut was telling you to do something that was completely crazy Contrary to other things that had happened at other contests?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Like pulling chicken out of the box with Jack Daniels with with about two minutes left, you know, trying to rebuild the box because I I just felt like it didn't look like it should. My gut probably cost me a world champion. I mean, that could be the biggest one. I mean, I can tell you that on about everything. I mean, I just – I was like, it ain't good enough. It ain't good enough. And when it was probably good enough, it was a good-looking box. I just could have made it better.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to ask you the question about (laughs) – is there a time that you made a big mistake and you learned something from it?
1: <laughs> you you what, already got that one. <laughs> no, I'll tell you where my a big mistake is that, that I learned something from I'll tell you, I've done it twice now. 2015, I'm uh, team of the year, running for team of the year, number one team in the country. We cooked a taste of Dallas in June, June 15th, like a week week ago. I've seen the memory of it. Uh, it would have been six years ago. I sit there down there cooking that thing. They want us down there a day early for the dog and pony show for all the people, you know, and set up because of all the people that's tasted Dallas. This thing doesn't count for points. I'm in the middle of a team of the year run, but all the other teams that mattered for points, balls, there, they were all cooking it too. So we had nothing to lose, right? You don't want to go out trying to win that weekend when they're not there. Anymore. So put down and did that thing. Was there a day early. And I mean, I'm a fat guy, right? I mean, it, you know, it's taste of Dallas. You're in the Cotton Bowl parking lot. 150 degrees outside, you're dying. I take a nap. I send, I send Kim and the kids, they go to the aquarium. I take a nap before the, uh, cooks meeting. I, 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 at the time I, you would set my alarm at two o'clock and I get up at three o'clock, put meat on three o'clock. Like, well, cooks meeting, cooks meeting was like at two 30 or something like that. So I'd set my alarm for two o'clock at go to bed, go to the meeting, do all the things, get everything ready, go to bed, and uh, like seven o'clock the next morning, Jamie Gear is beating on my door saying, "Big trap, you gonna cook." Never changed that alarm back to a.m. I looked at my phone the night before; it was still at a.m. I overslept five hours. Back then, my pit was—I mean, I got up two o'clock in the morning. I lit my pit, got my meat out, got my stuff ready. After an hour, the old jambos up to temp. You know, I'm on the Rod Gray timeline. You know, I'm the number one team in the country on this timeline. So in June of 2015, middle of the season, I switched my cooking temp. I started cooking to the hottest, fastest guy in all of barbecue by far. I cooked 400 degrees that day, reserved that contest, damn near won the thing. I had like two seconds, a third and a fourth. Cooking 400 plus degrees. Cooked everything as fast as you possibly could and just crushed it. And I was like, my food was damn good. I'm like, there's something to this. Kim showed up, but like. Eight o'clock in the morning, she's like, "What's wrong?" I said, "Meat just went on." She's like, "What?" I'm like, "Seriously, yeah, shit, just went on." She's like, "What the hell is going on?" I was like, "I ain't got time to talk about it." I overslept. She's like, "All night?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I did." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know my car. There's no windows. In there. And I got one window. It's in the kitchen that looks at my temperature gauge. That's it. That way, so there's no distractions. Downfall, that is. It's black. You can sleep very good. <laughs> and. Uh, but I tell you what, that moment could have been the biggest oh, shit thing of your life, and it made me a better cook. I was like, man, so that next time I went competing the next week, I'm like, I'm getting it at 5. I'm going to do it at 5 a.m. I'm going to do it at 5.30. I'm going to do it at 5.20. I'm going to do it here, you know, to where I, I don't put meat on until 6 o'clock in the morning. It changed my cooking style. Number one team in the country, and I go from cooking 75 to cooking hot, cutting my meats, everything else, Changed everything I did that season. And then 2019, uh, kind of the last year I was cooking quite a bit, me and Coop went to Whole Nebraska, which that contest was last weekend. Uh I only cooked that one time. Went up there, and we overslept again. (laughs) Coop was watching movies on my iPad. I had my iPad plugged in so you could watch movies on the TV in there. And my phone alarm was going off, but I had super hot up in Nebraska. I had both air conditioners going on my trailer. Couldn't hear that little alarm on my phone. And the iPad is usually plugged into the TV and the charger goes still, so it's charging and it'll play my alarm through my surround sound. Now, Coop didn't get it plugged in, it went dead when he fell asleep. So, no alarm. I wake up, and the TV's just got this little toy and I was like, Well, that's weird. I get up, go to the bathroom. What time it is? I look at my phone, it's eight o'clock. It's like, Oh, God, you know, we're, <laughs> get up. I'm kicking him. I'm like, Get up, son. We got to go. We run. <laughs> And everyone's like, oh hell, we didn't know if you were getting up or not. Nobody comes out and helps wake you up. Nothing. You know, I got Murphy, supposed to be the Kansas City Barbecue 14, my teammate over there. They're all laughing their ass off. And I was like, you asshole. Nobody wanted to wake up and just want to beat you. And I was so mad. God, I was mad for it. We're sleeping again. Cause when you're already about the hottest, fastest cook there is, how do you cut another hour off of it? Hour, you know, I didn't wake up till like, I'm like, oh my God. And we turned around and absolutely crushed it. I made no mistakes that day. I was flawless. One brisket, took the thing in two minutes. You know, first place brisket. You know, win the contest. And I'm just standing around. And I was so mad. That these guys standing there watching. Coop was holding an electric fan at my firebox, blowing air into this thing like a blower. It's just you can hear my. Pit like, <laughs> this is terrible. And, uh, guys kept joking. These guys were right behind me. They're like, "Oh, we always wanted to beat you." You know. It's going to be easy today. And I was like, you know, what? no matter what you do, you still won't. I was so mad. And we won that contest. I thought, oh, my God. I stuck all those trophies in my trophy case. Pretty much everything in the restaurant. all first and second place. And there's like a fourth, a third and a fourth or a fourth and a fifth or something like that in there. And the first place, brisket and the grand champion. Everyone's like, why would you put this in there? I was like, well, they're cool trophies. They've been cutting blocks with, with, like, meat cleavers in them. I said, and I said that is probably one of the funniest damn stories I ever had in barbecue. So I put them <laughs> on you know, second, first, second, everywhere and you see. Uh, like, what the hell are those doing in there? You know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's pretty. That's a great story, man. That's I didn't know that one.
1: One of those ones that tells you, you know that. You know, I mean, as long as you got your head on straight, you can do some pretty crazy shit.
0: Right, and never give up. That's the other message there, too.
1: I never quit. Yep.
0: Yeah. What's the most surprising thing that's come out of competition barbecue for you
1: my restaurant I really think I've been very fortunate I think most people get into competition barbecue you know with dreams of barbecue I never had that I you know I had a great job working as an electrician for a gas company I had a hell of a job good retirement everything and and as I got doing it more and more and winning you know, after I won the Royal, I, I had some unique opportunities. People were like, why don't you do a restaurant? Why don't you do a restaurant? I'm like, why? You know, you know, I make so much money teaching. I was, doing, I was making more money doing that than I was at my real job. I'm like, I literally am living the dream right now. And then and, and I let guys talk me into it. You know, Dave Anderson was one of them. And, you know, just he's like, you know, you got to think past this. How long are you going to be able to compete? I'm thinking forever. I'll compete forever. You know, and then you think about it. You just start wearing down. It's just not, you can't do it. But yeah. I think the opportunity that, that barbecue gave me to, to be able to uh, get into my restaurant different than what I wanted. I, I had plans towards the end there. I was going to start a small catering business. Maybe we'd even open up for Saturdays and just serve some people out at some picnic table. Just little, little, little aspirations of it. wasn't going to get big. And now I have taken to the extreme. You know, and I, I would say, Competition barbecue catapult.
0: Yeah, I don't think you do anything small, do you?
1: An <laughs> ongoing you know, joke. My fiance jokes to me all the time about it. She's like, "Geez, that just wouldn't be your style." I was like,
0: "Well, it would not." <laughs> <laughs> well, Travis, I want to thank you, but we have a few more questions here. The rapid fires. These are my favorite. What do you see on barbe- about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you?
1: Uh, when somebody wins that next week, they have their own rub and sauce out. and our It's just, you should sit back and shut up.
0: (laughs) That's a new answer. That's a good one though.
1: (laughs) You 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 know, they get one win and they're teaching a class. All they're doing is teaching 30 other people how not to win, but maybe you have a chance of getting lucky one time ever. And that blows my mind.
0: (laughs) Do you have... A favorite pre, during, or post competition meal?
1: Nah, you know pizza has always kind of been a big one for because me and Coop on the road it was a big one. Uh, if we win, probably some ice cream and sprinkles.
0: <laughs> Do you have uh, a favorite present that you like to give to people? Coop
1: did. Coop used to give out Twinkies to people all the time. I assume we'll- Twinkies.
0: Yeah, <laughs> man, that's pretty funny. All right, last one. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to millions of people, what would it say and why?
1: About barbecue?
0: About barbecue, about life, about anything.
1: Probably my favorite uh, quote, and I'll quote Vincent Barney, says, it doesn't matter who wins or loses, why do we keep the <laughs> That's a good one. You guys out here that are constantly just, oh my God, this, this, and this. You know what? At the end of the day, you know, I'm not into participation ribbons. I'm, I, I hate that shit. You know? That's a
0: good one. I'm glad you didn't say pole to pole or hold a hole, but never pulled a hole.
1: And I'm telling you, when I talked to him, it took him a long time. I said, if you're sleeping with him the I told him that, I said, okay, son, sleep, so hold to hole, sleep, hold to hole. He's like, dead. he's like, dad, what's he figure it out? Oh, ain't wrong. All
0: right, Travis. Well, thank you very much. Where can people find you online? You know, where yeah, any please- sponsors you want
1: to hit? Yeah, you know, I don't really have a sponsor anymore that I don't compete. But, I mean, same guys I always do business with. You know, Yeti, the Kansas City Barbecue Store. Uh, those guys are, hands down, the ultimate. They're the best. You can get, find me, clarkbarbecue.com Travis Clark on Facebook. I got the Clark Barbecue page on Instagram and Facebook. Find us on there. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up. Getting ready to cook the whole hog, too. That's going to be fun.
0: Sweet man, well, I can't wait to get out that way and try the restaurant and see yeah. you. It's been well, been last, too long.
1: We start a new deal the last Tuesday every month. We're gonna do like a pitmaster dinner out on the out on the patio. We're gonna cook whole hog and serve it like eighty people out there with a the private band and everything. Else. It's cool.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, thanks a lot, dude. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and share it out with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. We will have another episode for you next week. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via smoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedenka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke LLC. All rights are Copyright 2021.
1: Yes, old